Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I am thankful for the gift that God has given MPC. Praise God. We appreciate that so very much. Get your Bibles today. We are going to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse. I'm sorry, Sister Mariah. I know I've got a lot of verses. Will you hang with me? That's what I like to hear. How about the rest of you? Now hang with us today. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Paul said, I will show and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. There is a way that the best gifts are being used by the kingdom of God. Praise God. Lord, we love you today and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence in this place. Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak to us and through us. Let your word come alive. Help us to learn, to grow. Lord, and let kingdom voices speak freely in this generation. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. When kingdom voices speak, part two. I don't know. We may have a three and a four and a five and a six. I don't know how long we're going to be here, but uh, I think this is a, a very vital subject. We talked about it last Sunday and the need for voices. We addressed the need for kingdom voices to speak in this generation. Not just any old voice will do, but the right voice with the right message in the right manner. The world has enough fables and false doctrine. We need voices that will speak a word from heaven, voices that will have a more sure word of prophecy, voices that will speak with hermeneutic precision, and yet with human simplicity. We need voices. Either this book is the absolute word of God, or it's no more important than a a volume of Reader's Digest. In an age of compromise, we need voices that will stand on the top of Mount Carmel and proclaim, if Baal be God, then follow him. But if Jehovah be God, then follow him. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Let me put that in Medora vernacular. Somebody needs to stand on the top of the knob somewhere around Medora and proclaim, if this world be God, then follow it. But if Jesus be God, then follow him. 
and the God that changes lives, let him be God. Can you worship Jesus today? The voices from darkness is spreading a message of confusion and chaos, and the world is doing it real well. People are eating it up. The church cannot be silent when it comes to truth, when it comes to doctrine or teaching, and that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Neil Postman in his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, I highly recommend this book. Uh, It was put out several years ago, but he made a startling observation in contrast between George Orwell's frightening book, 1984, and his view of the future, and Aldous Huxley's view in his book called The Brave New World. Postman referenced both of these, and he says, What Orwell feared were those who would come and ban books. What Huxley feared was that there would be no reason to ban a book. For there would be no one who wanted to read one. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passive egoism. Orwell feared that truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared that truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared that we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies and the confluence of bubble puppy. I will call it bubble wrap, okay? Isn't that where we are today? It's not that they're banning books. Matter of fact, they want to let us read all kinds of books, starting kindergarten with a bunch of mess and pornography in our school libraries. But the problem is that we've got access to too much information, that is too much opinion, too many feelings, and that truth is somehow lost in the quagmire of a Google search. We need voices today. We need clear voices. We need voices in the pulpit, in the pew, in the home, in the car, at Walmart, on the job. We need clear voices today. For Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 8, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? So likewise, ye, except ye utter by tongue the words easy to understand, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. Amen. I realize that he is there speaking of languages and speaking in tongues, but permit me a little bit of license of application here and to say that we need a clear message. We need a clear word. We need a sure word of truth. Amen. What are we going to proclaim in this hour? What are the truths we're going to declare? Well, let's start with this one. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Somebody needs to proclaim it. Amen. How do we do it? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. And thou shalt teach them. 
Somebody's got a voice. You got to teach. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when you rise up, and when and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be frontlets between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, <coughs> and on thy gates. Excuse me, and on thy gates. What is he saying? Put the voice everywhere. Put the voice in your kids. Put the voice in your home. Put the voice on your doorpost. Amen. I want to tell you, don't let streaming media be the voice that says what your children are hearing, but let them hear the voice of there's one God. There's only one truth. There's only one way. How should the church respond to a world that is drowning in the fuzzy fog of distortion, deception, and doubt? Every born-again believer needs to take the muzzle off of their mouth, amen, and speak the gospel of the kingdom (coughs) and the truth in love. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and praise the Lord while I clear my throat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't waste an opportunity. Worship the Lord. Every born-again believer, every spirit-filled believer needs to have a voice that is sharing the gospel of salvation, deliverance, redemption, and hope. Every believer ought to be given the voice of truth and righteousness, peace and joy. It is the mission of the kingdom. Everybody say, that's my mission. My mission is to be a voice. Amen. Matthew 4, 17, it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach. Everybody say preach. Jesus began to preach and to say, that's his voice, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word preach here is one of some 13 Greek words that has been rendered preach in our English New Testament. There are two primary words for preach, and this is one of them, caruso, which means proclaim, to herald, to publish, to announce a message publicly with a sense of urgency and conviction. So Jesus began to proclaim, to publish, to announce as a message, the kingdom is coming. Repent for the kingdom is coming. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, just a few verses later, later on, Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching, same word, the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 14, and this gospel, somebody say the gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Same word, proclaim, herald, published, announced in all the world for a witness for all nations and then shall the end come. So from Jesus until whatever that end is, preaching has got to be going on. Proclaiming has got to be going on. Kingdom voices have to be lifted up in the name of Jesus today. The gospel of the kingdom needs your voice. Voices that will herald the soon return of the king. 
voices that will announce that you can be born again and live in kingdom culture. We need some people to preach today, to publish, to proclaim the message, amen, the glorious message of the gospel. It is not just for preachers behind the pulpit. It is not just for preachers behind the pulpit. We have created a, a one-way stream of preaching, of proclaiming, and sharing the good news. We've made it only from the pulpit. Only if you have a pulpit ministry are you one that has a voice. I say that is a sad rep representation of what the body is to be. We are to be a voice in some way. Whatever your gift is, whatever you're doing in your life, you have a voice. Amen. You have a voice. Speak it. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus said unto them, go ye into all the world and do what? And do what? Preach. Somebody say preach. Same word as above, to proclaim, to, to herald the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. That's very clear what the, the connection of baptism is with salvation. And then he says, and these signs shall follow them. These signs shall follow them. Somebody say, I am them. These signs shall follow them. He didn't say only follow disciples, only follow men, only follow women. He didn't say only follow adults or only follow children. He said, if you are a believer, these signs shall follow them that believe. Hallelujah. Hear me today. Every woman, every man, every boy, every girl, amen, you ought to have some signs following you. Hallelujah. In my name, they. In my name, they. Not just addressing the disciples or he would have said you, but he said they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they, somebody say they, it doesn't just say pastors, evangelists, apostles, and prophets. No, it says, and they, it is the will of God for the people of God to lay hands on the sick. Amen. And they recover. And then it says in verse 19, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand, which is the side of authority of God. And they <laughs> went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Hallelujah. Do you realize today that there are some voices that have confirmation and some that do not? There are voices that preach and have confirmation and those that do not. I pray that by the end of this message today and this lesson that we would come to realize that there is a proper way to use your voice. There is a proper way to use your gift and and everybody has a chance to have a voice. So this is the mission. Go. Preach. Teach. They, us, need to go forth and do that. Every one of us should have a voice. You may be a voice behind the pulpit. Or you may be a voice behind your sink. 
in front of your children. You may be a voice in your family. You may be a voice on your job. You may be a voice on a podcast. You may be a voice on a video. You may be a voice on social media. You may be a voice wherever you may be, but everybody needs to lift their voice in this hour from the youngest to the oldest. Amen. There are some that will have great ability to teach lessons, but not everybody. There are some that have eloquence of speech, but not everybody, but everybody has a voice. Even if you can't speak, you can type, you can write, You can somehow lift your voice and say, I am going to be a kingdom voice in 23. I am going to use my voice to help somebody, to reach somebody, to love somebody, to speak to somebody the truth of the gospel. Can you give God praise? The question is, how do we spread this mission? How do we spread this gospel? How do we do this mission? We preach the gospel. It's the kingdom voices that we use to proclaim the word. And we look for confirmation with signs following. I want to talk to you about three ways that we use our voice. Three criteria, rather. Three important criteria for using your voice. Pastor, we're in the minority in this hour. We have got a lot of voices in our world. How are we going to use our voice in a world full of voices of confusion and apostasy? I'm glad you asked. First Peter 4 and 10 that we talked about last week. And every man hath received the gift. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it with the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Every Holy Ghost-filled believer is either going to have a voice in speaking to people directly or serving people directly. That is where the dominion is. The dominion is in your gift. Say, the dominion is in my gift. The dominion is in my mouth. The dominion is in my relationship. My dominion is connected to to him directly. And I'm going to live in that dominion. And so everyone has the opportunity to have a gift. But as we stated in the beginning, but covet earnestly the best gift. Amen. What is he saying? I'm going to interpret it by my own understanding and commentary. Amen. When he says the best gift, I believe he's speaking about the gift that is needed for the now moment. We need to be praying and say, God, let me have a gift. that's needed for my church, that's needed for my family, that's needed for my community, that's needed for this world. Let me have a gift. We need to stop being gift inspectors and start being gift participators. We need to stop being gift critiques and criticized because we may not agree and start saying, I'll support that gift. Oh God, will you use my brother? Will you use my sister in the best gift? In the best gift. We read last week about Romans 12 where Paul talked about having gifts differing. The word differing there in that passage means excellence in variety. God does not rubber stamp 
the pulpit ministry as the only gift. Heaven help us get that out of our head. That the least little bit of goosebumps we feel, we feel like God's calling us to a pulpit ministry. And praise God, we need more pulpit ministry. I don't want to minimize that. But I want to break a concept that has pigeonholed voices in the kingdom to one location and one location only. Amen. That is a trick of the enemy to silence and muzzle the rest of the body. We need the body using their gifts. He said, whether it be prophecy, let him prophesy according to the portion of faith. Do you remember what that was from last week? Stay in your lane. Stay in your gift. Amen. I'm not in competition with you, and you are not in competition with me. I have a calling to fulfill, and by God's help and anointing, I will. And you have a mission, and you have a gift to fulfill, and by God's help and anointing, you shall, in the name of Jesus. I realize that maybe not 100% will get this, but there's going to be somebody at MPC that's going to get an understanding that your timid, quiet voice matters, that you feel insecure and have no ability. I say hogwash because if God has given you a gift, you can speak whether you jarble up the English or whether you are pristine in your grammar. Use your voice. I feel the Holy Ghost right now because God is doing something. I want him to release you in your gift. I want him to release you to speak and not be afraid. I want him to release you and feel like that you can say what God has laid upon your heart. In Romans 12, he talks about the gift of prophecy. It's a voice gift. He talks about the gift of ministry. That's serving. Can I just tell you, serving is also a voice gift. Because the way you serve will have a lot to say. Teaching is a voice gift. Exhortation in Romans 12 is a voice gift. Giving, giving. There's a gift of giving. Woo, praise be to God. Amen. Let me just tell you about a pastor I'm very close with that the Lord gave three prophecies at certain times, different times to this church. Three prophecies that would say something like this. And the amount was given. And it said this, when this amount is given, you will know that God has opened the windows of heaven and he's going to pour out a blessings. Just last month, this church had a missionary conference in their own church, and they took in $665,000, one church, because God brought somebody in and said, I'll give that amount, and it unleashed the windows of heaven. If it just means that somebody get this in their spirit, if you use your gift, you may be the key to God pouring out his power. You may be the key to revival. You might be the key to somebody being baptized in Jesus' name. But as long as you're muzzled, as long as you have a silencer on your voice, the devil's got the victory won in your life. The gift of giving. That's, that can be a big voice. I just showed you. Then he said there's a gift of leading. The King James says ruling. That is serving your gift in another way that your voice comes through leadership. It's also said that there's a gift of showing mercy. Amen. The aims of gifts 
is to magnify the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to help us do our mission. Then we jump down to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts. Everybody say different gifts. But the same spirit. And there are differences of administration. But the same Lord. There are diversities of operation. But it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Three things you need to understand about the gifts that God gives. Everybody doesn't have the same gift. There are diversities of gifts. And God distributes them to his church as is needed. Earnestly covered the best gift. Whatever is needed, Lord, that's what I want to be. And then we find that there are different ministries of the gift or administrations of the gift, but the same Lord. You will find that administration means the rendering or assistance or help by performing certain duties, often of a humble or menial nature to serve, including such mundane activities as waiting on tables and caring for households and activities without apparent dignity. What does the Lord say? I'm going to help you administrate your gift. I'm going to help you if you'll surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how menial it is. It doesn't matter how insignificant you may feel. Amen. It is a gift from God. Let your voice voice speak. Let your voice speak. Somebody say, I'm going to let my voice speak. The third is the, there are diversity of operations. Somebody say different results. How would you like to be Peter and preach to people and 3,000 souls get baptized one moment, one day? Anybody? Do I have... Count me in. I want to see, I want to be a part of that kind of revival. Amen. I have seen uh, multiple people get baptized at one time. My dad has seen 96 get baptized in one, one setting. And we've seen it in mission field. I know Bishop has hundreds being baptized. And that's awesome. Peter preached the gospel message. Peter lifted up his voice. 3,000 got baptized. Stephen lifted up his voice. And got stoned. And I don't mean drugged. I mean killed dead. Dornell dead. Preach the same message. There isn't any, any real, you know, oh, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. And oh, yeah, but there was a guy standing off in the corner holding coats whose name was Saul, who saw the seed or saw the scene and the seed was planted inside of him. Peter, you did great. But old Stephen, he helped win the apostle Paul that wrote the majority of the New Testament that went on missions trips and started churches and preached the gospel hither and yon. Can I tell you, your voice may not be on every conference floor. It may not be on a camp meeting, but you might be. You might be like Bishop Wall's brother. Amen. What was his name? Dan. You... Dan Wall's probably not ever heard much of across the mission fields, never not heard much of in conferences and, and, and camp meetings. But if it hadn't been for Dan Wall, there wouldn't be a Bishop Walls. Amen. That's why Dan needed to lift up his voice. Praise be to God. Some of you, 
I wish I could get this out of my spirit. Some of you Sunday school teachers have taught these snotty-nosed kids and some have left and some have gone and some have gone to mission fields and some are serving God in pulpits and some are serving God in other ways. Don't ever think your voice does not matter. It's time for kingdom voices to speak. Don't measure your ministry by results alone. Sister Gil was sharing this with me. Esther was responsible for the saving of a nation. She did that, and she's never heard of again. We don't know what happened to her. We don't know whether she went back to the king ever again. We don't know anything about Esther. She did her job and was off the scene. John the Baptist was called the greatest prophet and only prophesied for about three years. What, 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 how are we going to measure it? We're going to measure it by his standard, not ours. Hallelujah. Will we, we you love the Lord? Will you love him right now in the name of Jesus? Don't let anxiety over results keep you from keeping the voice going. Let your voice go. Then he moves into the the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and 8. He says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word. Somebody say the voice of wisdom. And to another the word or the voice of wisdom. Of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy or the voice of prophecy to another the discerning of spirits to another divers tongues or tongues that are given before interpretation to another the interpretation of tongues both of these are voice gifts but all these worketh the one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will can you thank God for the nine gifts of the spirit that are different than Paul's listing of gifts Amen. And there are many other gifts, and for the sake of time, I cannot go into all of them. But all of them are given to be in the church so that God can be exalted and church can be edified and that we can reach our world for the cause of the gospel. There is one I want to share with you, the five gifts of ministry. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. I'm just going to hit this and then we'll move on. Because the Bible said in verse 11, and he, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. It's very important because God does not waste a, 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 a part of Scripture. All the other gifts have been connected to the operation of the Spirit. Not a third person in the Trinity, but rather the operation and manifestation of the Spirit. In, he, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, the gifts are connected to Jesus. The power 
the authority are given in this place. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These five gifts are known as the leadership gifts or the ministry gifts, ministerial gifts in the body of Christ. Can you thank the Lord today for apostles? Can you thank the Lord today for the gift of prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers? These are the ones that stand behind the pulpit or stand in a place, a position of authority. Thank God for these gifts. So we have a diversity of gifts that have been given. And a lot of them are available to men and women. Somebody say amen. Now, I don't want to upset anybody's apple cart unless your apple cart is full of rotten apples. But the reason a lot of ladies do not want to look at this is because they had rather say, well, I'm not called to preach, so therefore I can be quiet. I'm going to leave that up to the preacher. I'm going to leave that up to my husband. And their kids have not heard mama's voice when it comes to truth. Grandkids haven't heard grandma's voice when it comes to truth. And a myriad of ways that ladies can be used in ministry, public ministry, in the house of God, in a service, can be used of God. And because we don't want that, we, we, we're leery of that, we don't want to step out of that because we, we may be in, intimidation, it may be whatever the factor is, but I want to break that today because there are those of you that need to be released in the kingdom to do the work of God in this hour. Somebody say amen. amen. We need gifts. The second thing we need is authority. Everybody say authority. authority. All gifts operate under authority, whether it's listed as a gift that is for the general believer or for those that are a part of of the ministry. The acts of God issue from the throne of God. His throne is established on his authority. All things are created through God's authority, and all physical laws of the universe are maintained by his authority. The law of gravity is there because he instituted Amen. The laws of, of thermodynamics is there because he instituted those natural laws. Amen. You ask some atheists, where did these laws come from? And they say, come from nature. Well, who told nature to make those laws? Why? Because there is one that has the authority to not only make the laws of nature, but make the law of morality, of family, of salvation, of purpose, of, gen of, of, of gender. He has the right to say that. So all gifts come under the authority of Jesus Christ, under his power, because he sits on the throne. Amen. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Speaking of Jesus, who being in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his purpose and holy, upholding. Somebody say upholding. Or holding up all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself 
purged our sins and set down at the right hand the authority hand of majesty on high. So he is upholding. Listen to what that word means in the Greek. He is moving, progressing, carrying, bringing. He's driving along. He's guiding. Amen. He's leading into. He's bringing about. He's putting in place. He is sustaining. He's developing the reality of something. He is accepting. He is enduring, holding up all things by the word of his power. Amen. That word, word means rhema, which means something that is said. He is then upholding all things by his word, what he speaks. Can I tell you, if you will take this in your life, you and I can, by the word of Jesus Christ, uphold our own world. By his word, I am upholding. I am progressing. I am driving along. I am guiding by his word. I want to speak his word. I want to declare his word. It is a rhema word. It doesn't refer to this book, but rather to what you speak and what you say. It is your voice. It is the voice of his word. Amen. And by his power that he's upholding the world right now. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. You're spinning it over a thousand miles an hour, but you don't feel the effects of it. Oh, no, no, no. Hallelujah. He's holding it all together. It's by his word. Everything in the kingdom operates on that authority, on his rule, on his jurisdiction, on his sphere of authority. The word of the king flows through the authority of the king. Any voice of the kingdom, therefore, must be under that dominion. Listen to this. Moses sinned against the power of God in hitting the rock twice. And he lost his right to go into the promised land. Korah sinned against the authority of God and the ground opened up and swallowed him. You and I can sin against the acts of God, but heaven help us if we sin against the authority of God. Why? Because the authority is him. His acts are the result of authority. Oh, I wish you could get this today. Um, I want to just kind of right now follow my Fred Gill teacher. Can you see it? Can you see it? That's what he used to do. He holds everything together by his authority. And then his authority goes out and he creates the acts of power. Dunamis. Oh, my. Are you with me? Sin against kingdom authority is rebellion. In his book, Spiritual Authority, Watchman Nee writes, to offend God's authority is a rebellion far more serious than that offending God's holiness. Since it is a matter of conduct, sinning is more easily forgiven than rebellion, the latter being a matter of principle. Satan's intent of setting his throne above the throne of God was the thing which violated God's authority. It was a principle of self-exaltation. The act of sinning was not the cause of Satan's fall. That act was the byproduct of his rebellion against authority. It was rebellion which God condemned. Let me just tell you one of the things that you and I have got to understand. Whatever gift we have has got to be under his authority. Yes. 
The moment we take it to our glory, you watch it. You watch it. And this is Pastor Gill. I'm preaching here because this is where God sent me. You watch it. Just like Jezebel who called herself a prophetess and was off of her a level of where she should be out from under authority. So are those that brag about their ministry and call themselves this and call themselves that and say, you've got to call them that and you've got to call them this. You know what they're doing? They're taking authority under themselves that does not belong to them. If somebody else wants to call them whatever, let it be called, but let them say, it's just a gift that God has given to me and by his grace, I'm going to stay under that authority so I can continue to operate in that. The minute you get out of authority is the minute your gift becomes a contamination rather than a blessing. But when you operate under authority, powerful things can happen. Ananias was a nobody. In the book of Acts chapter 9, Ananias was a nobody. that We wouldn't even know anything about Ananias if it hadn't been for Saul that had an encounter with the power and the authority of God blinding him. And God told Ananias, I want you to go to Saul. And he didn't want to do it. But he was a nobody and a nothing that had a mission from God. And God said, I give you the authority and the power to go and you speak to Saul. You lay hands on Saul and I will heal his blindness. And so God takes a nobody and nothing and gives them authority and power. And they walk right into somebody that had been killing Christians, that had imprisoned Christians. And he walks right in and he said, hello, I'm Brother Ananias. And I want to just lay hands on you and you're going to receive your sight. Not only are you going to receive your sight, you're going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to speak in tongues. Thank God for a voice that we never hear of again. Never know anything about him again. But oh, praise God, he was under authority. Would you love him and worship him in this place? Every gift must be operated under authority. We represent, the churches does, the authority of God on earth. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 where he said, I gave them dominion. To know God's will and to obey it is how we submit to that authority. It's important that you know God's will. Being a kingdom voice is predicated on true submission to the will and way of God. You know what submission means? Under mission under somebody else's mission. God cannot properly use your voice unless you're willing to come under his mission, under his agenda, under his authority. So we've got gifts. We have authority. The third thing I want to talk about that's essential for gifts to operate is alignment. Everybody say alignment. Alignment. I'm not going to read this scripture but go study it sometimes in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul is talking about, be ye followers of, of me as I am followers of Christ. And then he says, every man, every man say every man. Every man in this building say every man. Amen. Now say that's me. Every man has got to be submitted to Christ as his head. That means every man is responsible to Christ for his conduct. Every man is responsible to be submitted to Christ for his gift. Read it, study it. And then he says, every man 
praying or prophesying. Every man praying publicly or prophesying publicly. That means declaring the testimony of Christ. That means prophetic saying something that is coming, foretelling and foretelling uh, is all encompassing in prophesying. And he says, you don't pray with your head covered because your head is covered by Christ. But then he said, every woman. Now, every woman in this house say, every woman. Every woman in this house say, every woman. That's you. Every man is for every man. Every woman that prayeth or prophesied. Put up verse 5 if you don't mind. Amen. I, I was going to call for it, but 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 5. I, I want to put that up. For every woman that prayeth, this is publicly now. It's not talking about a personal prayer. It's talking about public prayer or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. Her head, according to this, is her husband. <clears throat> Jump down to verse 7. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. What does that mean? Man came first. Don't make any more out of that than what it is. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> Maybe I should get back to hollering at y'all. Then jump down to verse 10. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Somebody say authority. We're going to get to that in just a moment. All power comes from God. No man is in authority. He is under authority. No woman is in authority. She is under authority. Every man that prayeth or prophesieth, every man that lifteth up his voice publicly to proclaim, to declare, Amen. Must be under the headship of Jesus Christ. Every woman that prophesies or prayeth must be under a spiritual authority. If she is married, that ought to be her husband. If her husband is unsaved or her husband is dead, that goes directly to the covering of the church. A woman who prays or speaks publicly without a covering is without spiritual alignment and is in danger of being in rebellion. Hallelujah. That means that she is out of order, but that also goes for the man. Every man that stands before the, the Lord of glory and declares a, 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 a prayer or a prophecy had better be under submission of Jesus Christ. Amen. Here's the signs for men. I want to show you what the scripture tells us about this. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8, Paul said, I will therefore that men, everybody say men, Pray everywhere. What's the first thing that shows that a man is a submitted man to Christ? Is that he's a spiritual man. He's a praying man. He doesn't say he's got to pray loud. He doesn't pray that he's got to pray for everybody to see him. But he's got to be a praying man. If you want to be a voice in the kingdom as a man... <clears throat> you got to be a praying man. There has to be a spiritual aspect for God to say, I see that, I'll use that. Here's the gift and here is my favor. Got to be a spiritual man. Got to be a spiritual man. If you're going to speak, then he says, and lifting up holy hands, 
A submitted man is a pure man, having his appetites under control. We don't, we don't deal with things. I've taught this before. It's not a man that is in his right mind that is so concerned about his, his, his suit being what somebody else is wearing. Not a man in his right mind is going to care much about whether his, his socks perfectly match his shoes. Hallelujah. Do I have any men in the house? It's, 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 it's really... For a man, it's not generally, we want to look good and look nice and all, that's all great and good. That, that's not really about where our struggle is. Our struggle is in our appetites. Our struggle is in our passions. Our struggle is in uh, uh, things that are normal from food to, to sexual appetites to, to all these things that come in our life. And the Lord said, if you're going to be a man that is speaking, you need to be a submitted man to Christ. Lift up some holy hands. Amen. Lift up some holy hands. And then he says, without wrath. That means you got your anger under control. We could talk about women being emotional. And you are. God made you that way. But that doesn't mean you can't be used if you're emotional because men are angry. Men have anger issues. Women have emotional issues. We all got our issues. We all got our baggage. But the Lord said, if you put that under me, if you'll come under me, I'm going to be able to use you for my glory. Amen. It doesn't mean that you're a perfect man or a perfect woman, but that God is going to use you in, in having a voice because of who you are and what you are. Just come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and say, I submit to my head. I submit to you, O Lord. Amen. Anybody need to say that today? I submit to you, Lord. I submit to the man of God. I submit submit to my husband. I submit to the church, whatever the case may be. And then he says, and without doubting, that means indifference, cynical, withdrawn. I have preached revivals all over this country. One of the things I hated was to go to revival and there'd be men there, clip their fingernails during church, sit back and fold their arms in a way that says, I don't care. But we have that problem today with men saying to their families, I don't care. I'll just go off and do my own thing. Let my family raise itself. It's indifference. Indifference. A submitted man is going to be, uh, is going to be involved, is going to be engaged. Women, he said, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or with gold or pearls or costly array. A submitted woman is going to make sure her appearance is modest before the Lord and holy before the Lord and before the public. Amen. Then he says, but listen to this, but which becometh women professing what does that scripture say? Professing godliness. Now I got, I'm going to throw you a curveball right here. Are you ready? That word professing, I told you there are two primary words for preach. That word professing is one of those primary words. So a woman who has the right spirit and has modesty of heart and modesty of appearance, she is literally Preaching the godliness of God. She has a voice by her attitude and demeanor. 
Because when she walks into the room and she's under the authority of God, she is walking in power. She is talking in power. She is declaring in power when that praise team of all women was worshiping and praising God that those submitted ladies to the authority of Christ lifted their hands and glorified God. It made me want to praise the Lord. It made you want to praise the Lord. Amen. So I say, women, your time for your voice is now. Stop letting the devil muzzle you. Because you feel like you have no place and you have no voice and you have no reason and you're some second-class citizen. Somebody say kingdom voices. Okay. That's all good, isn't it? Is that good? I'm not preaching tonight. Someone will bring both loads. All right. Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? We shadowed on that. And then the next verse. Put that up. What's the next verse? What's the next verse? Well, he just said, preach godliness. He just said that. Then he says, shh. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. And then all the ladies went. <gasps> Pastor, you just, you just burst my bubble. I didn't do that. Paul did that. I didn't do that. That's in the scripture. I didn't make that up. Paul did. All right. Next verse. But I suffer not a woman to teach. What? It's contradiction here. Hmm, hold on. Nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Silence! Some of y'all spiritual people just went somewhere. I don't know where you went, but you just went somewhere. I'm going to stop right there. How many know you've got to take all Scripture in context? All Scripture's got to be in context. I have given you a boatload in the last two Sundays that proves in Scripture that women have a place in public, in the church, to use their voice. What's Paul talking about? And what we're living in today is we're living in a world where people take Scripture like going to Golden Corral and say, I'm going to pick this one. But not that one. I'm, I'm going to cherry pick this one, but I'm not going to take that one. We're apostolic. We got to take it all. Like it, lump it, believe it, don't. We got to take it all. Here's the first thing to remember ask yourself this question in hermeneutical study, in dis dissecting scripture, is, is, is exactly what Paul told this young pastor Timothy. He said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly, you study it to find out what is going on. This book is written to a young pastor. So he would know how to be a better pastor in the, in the church of Ephesus. Remember in our study in Ephesus, we learned that Timothy became the lead pastor in Ephesus while he was a young man. 
And he met all kinds of hostility. Keep that in mind. Next thing keep in mind is that for years and years and years and years, especially in the Jewish community, women were not allowed to learn. They were not allowed to learn Scripture. You can find a few of them in history, but it was always rare. But when Jesus came, Jesus is the real women's lib. Oh, praise God. He set women free to be what God designed them to be. Not to be men, nor men to be women. But he designed us in the way that we are so that we can fulfill our kingdom purpose. He needed women that would be working in his kingdom. He needed women that would be a part, not just sit back and say, I'm ladies auxiliary. What a baloney. Y'all still with me? I love you. Praise be to God. But I want to tell you the truth. Amen. Women had not been allowed to learn scripture until the kingdom. And another problem is that there was rampant false doctrine and heresy running through the church at Ephesus. And what was happening, if you read this chapter, you read this book, you read the first Timothy and second Timothy, you will find words like, Paul saying, hold on to wholesome words. Stay with sound doctrine. Amen. And all these things because there was false teachers running rampant throughout the whole first and second Timothy. There was guys coming along. And, 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 and do you remember that? It says in, perilous, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Anybody remember that? And we list that, but if you go on down, it talks about these false teachers that are teaching false things and they have led silly Women captive. You remember that? So what Timothy is dealing with is he's dealing with women who have new liberty that they have never experienced before and they're hearing false teaching and swallowing hook, line, and sinker. And so Paul says women ought to learn in silence. Can I just tell you that word silence does not mean... It means quietness. What did he just say? Women are to present themselves modestly with a quiet and modest spirit. What Paul is saying, let's teach our women, but you need to wait because you're learning something new. Don't let your emotions overtake you in this time, but let your learning come, amen, with a heart that is receptive and a mouth that is closed. Well, Pastor, how in the world do we rectify the next verse? He said in verse 13, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in the faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. Paul is talking about having order, having arrangement because of the culture and the issue of the day. Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians 11 provision for women to speak publicly. Does he not? I already stated that. He gives us provision for women to speak publicly. Amen. And there are many gifts. I've already stated that a woman uh, can have a voice. But yet Paul is saying that uh, uh, to Timothy, your women ought to learn in quietness. But if you'll study that, he also talks about men ought to learn in quietness. 
They ought to learn with a quiet spirit. There's another passage. I don't have it in my notes. It's not in, in this particular chapter. But he's talking about that we ought to learn in quietness. Okay. I'm going to get right now where the rubber meets the road. How is it that we have one verse that says this and another verse that says that? Because Paul doesn't say separate things, but complementary things. For he is saying for a woman to speak, she needs to be under authority. Just as much as a man to speak needs to be under authority. <coughs> for a woman to speak in the house of God, she needs to be submitted under the authority of Jesus Christ. I pray that every man, this, this whole lesson, and it, I'm getting close to being done, so hold on. This whole lesson is burnt with the desire to say before I step, oh God, let me be under authority because I want to have demonstration. I don't want to just preach the word, but I want signs following. How do we have signs following? Being submitted and in alignment to God because here is what is happening. God is showing us that there is a voice, but it never operates out from under authority and it never operates out of his will. Pastor, can a woman preach? I know who my bishop is. But I'm going to answer this question this way. Yes and no. It, <laughs> it just all depends on what the word preach means. If it means to use your voice, everybody's called to preach. Everybody's called to be a missionary. Everybody's called to use their voice. How many remember the five-fold ministry that I just put up? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some, say it, some apostles, some prophets, some Evangelists, some pastors and teachers. These gifts, from what I study in Scripture, are leadership gifts. Not one time have I ever found a woman being given these gifts. Not once. Matter of fact, in Scripture, there's not one evidence of a woman pastor in any place. Not one. There is not evidence of a woman elder in any place. Matter of fact, there's not a woman bishop in any place. And the reason for that is because the qualifications simply say, he must be the husband of one wife. You really got to stretch that and change the whole gender identity to go any other direction. Y'all with me? Not one place. Does it say that even a woman is a, a deacon? Not one. Well, what about Phoebe? Pastor, it says Phoebe. When it talks about that she served, that is the same word as deacon. Yes, it is. But it doesn't say Phoebe was a deacon. It says that Phoebe served. She was a leader in the church, and she was used by God in a mighty way, but she wasn't a deacon. Because she didn't fulfill the qualification. Why? God has to be true to his word. God always operates through authority. He does. He always operates through authority. His power is linear and it is vertical. 
It comes down and goes back up again. I'm going to show you what I mean in just a minute. The power of God flows this way and then flows up that way. Like Jacob's uh, uh, ladder that he saw the vision and the Lord and his angels going up and down, up and down. God has a plan in men and women to be used in an up and down way. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah. But I will tell you that we have used colloquial terms and cultural terms to people who say the only thing they know is that they're called to preach. One day, years ago, many years ago, when my dad was working in a Bible college in San Antonio with a bunch of young men uh, that were called to preach, supposedly, and, and, and they, were, they were all there. And my, my dad had one of those young men, and they were digging a ditch. In San Antonio, that is the worst job you could ever have. Because you got a bunch of rock to a little bit of ground. And they were digging in that hot sun. And my dad was digging and this young man was digging. Finally, he threw the shovel down and sat down on the side of the ditch. And he looked at my dad and he said, God didn't call me to dig a ditch. My dad kept on digging and he said, he'd call you to preach either. <laughs> we have come to the realization in this day and age that unless you're called to preach, you don't have any voice. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. But there are those that are called to be under the gift of an apostle and, and under the gift of a prophet and an evangelist, a pastor and teacher. There are those that are part of the authority gifts. Amen. But I will tell you today, every woman has the opportunity to have a gift and to use her voice. When Sister Gill stands here and teaches a lesson, she will tell you straight up, I'm not called to preach. In the term. Huh, it's your dog. Because that is the term that we have equated to pastor. Okay? But in the term of lifting her voice, she has come and she sits under my headship as her husband and our bishop because that's the way God flows through. He flows through head. The anointing oil is like the oil that flowed down Aaron across his head, down across his beard, even to the bottom. That's the way that God works. That's how he works. Amen. And so when you, when you hear Sister Gill speaking, she's speaking under authority and using the gift that God has given to her. Amen. And you know what? I get to go travel with her and I get to go say, Woo! Mm, that's mine. I'm covering that. I believe in God to use that. Hear me, husbands. Your wife may be a better speaker than you. That doesn't divorce you from your responsibility to cover her in prayer and to cover her with your voice talking to heaven, amen, that you've got to talk. If you are being a scallywag, amen, she's going to have to go out from under your covering to get what she needs. But what if you would decide today to say, you know what, I'll find my place. I may not be the speaker in the family, but I will be the man in the family. I will be the head of my house. I will pray and let my wife know I got your back. I've got your front and I've got your beside. But listen to me 
every woman that is in this house. Amen. You had better, if God uses you in a gift of speaking, you ought to come to your authorities and say, will you cover me? I don't want to be wrong. I want to be right. I don't want to be out of order. I want to be in order. Praise God. That includes singing, playing, proclaiming, teaching Sunday school. You ought to take... I wish I could quit, and I know you do too. <laughs> if some of you are concerned because you feel like you're not covered with your husband, or you're a widow, and you're not covered, yes, you are. This church believes in apostolic covering and apostolic authority. You submit to that, and you watch God move. I'm going to wind this up. If you would put up 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 8. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Somebody say it's a creation thing. He set up the order. I didn't. Then he said this verse, chapter 10. For this cause, this whole lesson leads to this point. For this cause, ought the woman to have power. That is not dunamis power. That is exousia authority. Oh my. For this cause, ought the woman to have authority. Where? On her head. Why? Because of the angels. What are angels? Messengers. Both holy and unholy. You see, there is a word from God that is coming to the church. And it comes through the headship of Christ and through a submitted lady of God that can hear things that a man cannot hear. I can't tell you how many times this lady has had the answer for our church. And it took me a while to get it through my thick skull that I don't have to have every word. That I don't have to have every thought that needs to be said. Boy, I wish I could shout right now, but I need some of my energy to finish. Why? Because God speaks this way. It will either be a devil that flows through the lady up this way and gives false information like Eve. Eve got false information from what? From the devil, an angel, a messenger. But when a husband and wife get it right, when there is proper alignment, where there is no rebellion... To authority, where there is an absence of pride and arrogance that I gotta have mine and you gotta have yours and, and all that. There is a word of God that is coming and it comes from both ways. It comes from above and it comes underneath. And when they meet, that is dominion. 
God wants you to have dominion in your family, then you need to be, make sure if your husband is not saved, you are submitted to the house of God and to the lordship of Jesus Christ and let the Lord speak to you through your church through your pastor, through your bishop, through the pastor's own staff. You allow God to speak to you through ladies that have great wisdom and understanding and watch the word of God bring dominion in your life. I am not done, but I'm finished. Stand with me, please. The message has got to come from Christ to the man. But it also needs to come from the Roman to the man. The man is foundational. That's why Adam was first. He's foundational. But the woman is procreational. I wish I had time to tell you what the Lord's showing me about a woman being saved by childbirth. I, 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 maybe some other time. I don't care what this world says, a man can't have a baby. I can tell you firsthand, Brother Keith, I don't want to have no baby. When I heard what a doctor said the first time that Sister Gil got, was expecting, he said childbirth is like, maybe it's from a book we read, that childbirth is like taking a pair of pliers and pulling your, bot, your upper lip over the top of your head and back to your back. That's, that, he said, that's the kind of pain you think. I said, no, no, don't sign up for that. The reason that our world is so out of order and such a mess is because we don't have dominion. We're not, we're not getting words from husbands that are connected to Christ. And, and we're not getting words from a lady that is submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and, and proper alignment. You say, Pastor, I've got confusion in my house. Get in order. Put that thing in order. Um, I'm not, my ministry's not going anywhere. Put that in order. I feel like I, I'm incomplete. Get, get it in order today. Because it works. And I wish I had three more hours to tell you this is life-changing. Cole, if you put this in your house, it'll be life-changing. Why? Because it's saying, I value my wife enough to listen to her. And she values me enough to submit because she sees me being submitted to Christ if I'm not submitted to Christ I'm not showing her how to submit oh my come on to the altar come on let's come to the altar amen I'm wrapping this up today in the name of Jesus if you've got any questions I'm here to answer them I hope that I hope that I haven't just stirred up questions but I'm, I want to help you have a voice Preaching is not the only thing. Preaching behind a pulpit is not the only voice. We need voices of ladies that can come and teach. Stand behind this sacred desk and on the authority of their husbands and their pastor declare words that will change lives. Hallelujah! Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Women, speak. Ladies, speak. Be used in your gift. Offer up tongues and interpretation of tongues. Amen. Offer up prophetic words. Offer them up in the name of the Lord. Let the Lord use you in a mighty way. Oh, word of God, speak. Word of God, speak today. 
kingdom speak in the mighty name of Jesus let voices go forward in your mighty name oh Lord hallelujah 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 oh connect us God connect us oh Lord let me be connected with you on one side and my wife on the other Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.